Hey, welcome to The Screenwriting Life. I'm Meg LaFove. And I'm Lorianne McKenna. We are professional screenwriters. We've worked together as a team and separately. We've worked on studio and indie films, live action and animation, from my work on Inside Out and Captain Marvel. To my work in Pixar's story department on Up, Brave, and Inside Out. We are here to share our insights on the craft of screenwriting and also the life. How to not only survive the ups and downs, but thrive. We want to help you become the best screenwriter you can be and to reassure you that you are not alone on this journey. Good morning, Screenwriting Life family, and happy 4th of July. Hope you all are having a lovely holiday weekend, enjoying some fireworks. Uh, In the interest of the holiday, we are taking this week off, but Jess and I put our heads together and thought it might be fun to run a special based on those famous three questions that we ask every one of our guests. You know, one of our favorite things about this show and one of the things we're really proud of is that we really try to dive into the emotional experience of what it's like to be a writer at any stage in their career. So every episode, we ask our guests what brings you the most joy about writing, what pisses you off about writing, and what scene would you like to be remembered by? That tradition started with John August, and we've asked every guest since. So we're going to run kind of a compilation collage of all of our guests answering those questions. And as always, it's such a gift to hear their insights. So we hope you enjoy today's episode. Happy 4th of July, and keep writing. I would love to know, John, just you've got such an impressive filmography. And when you think about your work as it stands now, is there like a particular film or even a particular scene that you would love to be remembered by that you feel is like kind of the hallmark of you as a writer? And I'd love to hear why you feel that way. Um, I, if it's a single scene or sequence, then it would probably be the deathbed scene in Big Fish because that was, uh, I think it works really well. It doesn't, you know, it's not exactly the picture I had in my head. Like, like literally the telephone is on the wrong side of the bed for my taste, but um, it, it, the match between sort of like how I wrote that scene, which was um, I would sit in front of a mirror and bring myself to tears and then write the scene. And it was just so incredibly method to sort of, that's how I got it. And, it's a, a, and people's experience reading the scene was like crying and the people's experience watching the scene is crying. It's just, it's, uh, you know, I was trying to make something that was like profoundly joyful and sad at the same time. And uh, I'm just so happy it worked. And so that'd be, if there's just one scene, it would be that one. I love all of your movies, but that is the correct answer. Just say. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I yeah. love I, that. What, what makes you mad about being a screenwriter? What is the uh, thing that, you know, makes you want to be mad? Punch, kick, scream. I mean, that's how I express anger. Yeah. That may not be how you express anger. <laughs> you know, I would say a frustration I've, I definitely feel after 20 years in the business is that there's never, never has been more clear that the, that creators are responsible for driving the success of the industry. And you especially see that in television, but really in film as well. You see sort of like what has been happening with um, our great achievements in movies and they, they are so creator driven and to not acknowledge that screenwriters are that first creator on these, these projects um, and that we should be paying a lot more attention to sort of their instincts and their passions for driving these projects um, instead of making fear-based decisions and uh, deferring to directors or other folks who are just business people. Um, so I think that's probably the thing that makes that angers me most. It's not just that screenwriters aren't acknowledged, but that they aren't sort of, you know, prized in that process. That is also the correct answer. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> 
why I, I just feel so good. I feel like, you know, I'm acing 100%. my expertise Here's the last one. What brings you incredible joy about being a writer? Um, having written something that you just kind of know works um, because there is sometimes screenwriting is just like problem solving and, and puzzle, you know, like how did I get these pieces to work? It's like, oh my God, they work really well. And when they work on the page and you see the scenes like, oh, that works in the scene and you see it in the final movie. That's just, that's just a joy uh, when you see that experience, you know, paying off. Guys, Andrew. writing is so easy. <laughs> I mean, all this, just, just put all this into, into, you know, practice and like, you're, you're golden, you're trying, right? You're trying to capture the complexity of humanity and <laughs> you're trying to have a bunch of humans, each of which you're trying to like give the illusion it has complexity. That's, it's just like math on math on math on math. It's math on math, but I love the math. I love the story yeah. math. So yes. Andrew, we were going to ask you three questions at the end here um, that we're starting, you know, we're trying this out, seeing if our guests okay. like these three questions um, <laughs> just to wrap it up because we so appreciate your time. Um, the first one is if you could be remembered for one scene you wrote, what would it be? Oh, uh, well, there's one scene I'm the most proud of writing wise. So I guess for this group, I'll, yeah, I have another scene I love, but, but it's when Woody uh, is under the crate and Buzz is strapped to the rocket and, and Woody finally confesses without really saying it uh, that he uh, was jealous all along and didn't see any, actually the truth is he doesn't see any value in himself and Buzz really is the one that's worthy to go. And and finally being able to figure that out in a word, in a line that didn't feel like a writer, it felt like a truth that just could, was so loaded. So just to say, I'm the one that should be strapped to that rocket. And, uh, and that scene was really hard to write because I was learning at the same time uh, we lucked into the fact that we never said what the movie was about ever, but all the behaviors and actions, when I look back, were true to jealousy and insecurity of yourself. And um, but suddenly we had to come very close to saying what it was for the first time because it was the point of the scene, and and just it was it was like trying to pull water from a stone. But I'm so happy with the result of that that scene as a writer like I've always like oh like like no we've like there's the confidence in knowing like I can't I can't do better than that that's that's the best that scene can be you know the great scene so Lauren do you I think to- all of us see ourselves in that scene that's why yeah. <laughs> we're all woody in that moment where we're like yeah. it should because yeah. it's like the thing we don't want to say but we feel yeah. so deeply Sorry to interrupt. I just love that scene too. No, that's good. Go ahead, Lori. So I want to know what pisses you off about being a writer? Writing. (laughs) When I'm, when I'm directing, I wish I was writing. And when I'm writing, I wish I was directing. I've, I've never known. I I think I did once, but I might've dreamt it that I enjoyed writing once. I've like, like, like I had a moment where I was on a high. I'm always on a high showing you what I've done hearing other people read what I've done. I'm always on a high for solving the problem. Never on a high trying to solve it. I'm so glad to hear that. (laughs) Um, Go ahead, Uh, Jeff, you asked the last question. Sure, yeah, and the flip side, uh, what gives you your greatest joy when writing? Or what is, what gives you joy about writing? Yeah. Uh, Discovery. 
because to me, it's an archaeological dig. Like I've, I, I truly believe, and I know this is getting kind of spiritual, but like that there are great stories and or even just ideas and things out there. Story for in this case, and and the and you're an archaeologist, and you've picked, and you can all you can really take credit for is the dirt area that you've chosen to dig, and and how often you've. And, and your efforts for digging, but what you discover was kind of always there. And then you're left to figure out, you know, what kind of dinosaur bones you've put, you've found and what it is and, and, and analyze that correctly. But the discovery is the, is the drug of, of you know, of uh, what's this going to become? What's, you know, you know I mean, yeah. I, I don't know how, if everybody's a parent, but um, when you're, when your child's born, they don't really have a personality until they're like about what, six months old or six weeks old. I mean, it's been a while now, but I know that they, I think it's, they start, they suddenly, they're not just staring at you burping and, and sleeping. And, and um, that kind of anticipation of like, who are you is how I feel most of the time when I'm writing on stuff that I want to be writing on, <laughs> you know, is, is like, uh, you know, wow, what, who are you? You know, what, what are you? you know? Oh, I love that. That is so inspiring. What pisses you off about writing? <sighs> if you could, <laughs> listeners, could if you could see Marty, she just collapsed backwards over her chair and almost out of frame. <laughs> that was the pensive sigh. That's no longer okay for TV anymore, but I loved it. I got so much subtext with that sigh. I know that's the other thing about writing is you always want to say to um, you want to say to to people who are reading your scripts like, but they'll act that. Like, you know, I don't really need to write it because the, the actor is going to act that. But trust me, and they'll be like, mm, no, it should be in the script. And then you're just like, all right, I'll write the line. We'll take it out later. You know, mm. um, because they don't believe me that a good actor will be able to act that. Um, wh what is it that I love about writing? What pisses you off about writing? Oh, yeah. I see you avoiding the question. I mean, right <laughs> now, what pisses me off is that. Uh, I have, um, I'm going to try not to cry, have an enormous amount of grief that I'm processing from the last year or so. Um, and, and, you know, as you all know, life keeps happening. <laughs> so not fully having processed some of the grief, um, uh, you know, we lost three people in my family. The first was a, a total accident um, and a shocking surprise, you know, and my 19 year old nephew had a ski accident and died on New Year's Eve, 2019. And then, um, I'm so sorry, Marty. Yeah. Whew, still working on that one. Um, I, I can skip the other two, even though they were both really intense, but, um, but what's going on now is my son who is almost 19 is leaving for college soon. And mm. yeah. I am trying not to turn that into a catastrophe. Yeah. And right. letting him out of my sight um, is very painful. Um, so the writing that used to be, you know, I just have to write my way through it. You know, I kept thinking, I keep thinking yeah. of that Hamilton line. I wrote my way out and this extraordinarily painful year for so many of us 
um, has had many gifts too, but um, it pisses me off that, um, that I'm a human being and that I have to have feelings and that my best way of getting through it is fucking writing <laughs> because I'd much rather um, uh, take a magical pill and not have to do the hard work of living. So <laughs> in a nutshell, Fair enough. if I could have your Fair whole, res- enough. if I could have your whole response on a t-shirt, like front, <laughs> back, around the bottom, I'd wear it every day. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Fair we have another good, we have a good question to follow up with that is running um, oh, good. Was, on for the zoom <laughs> just so beautifully said though thank you for sharing and i guess the flip side um would be that the question of what brings you the most joy in writing what no i'm kidding <laughs> um, it's so funny because i used to be that i i i mean and i will be again i know you know um that person who just annoyed the fuck out of everybody. Cause I was just like, writing is just my happy place. It's where I go to escape and, you know, <sighs> um, but the joy, I mean, when I do, when I, when I, when I fall into the world and when those people are talking to me and they're telling me what's going to happen next, like when I finally, when I, when I finally cracked for myself writing movies it's when i fully signed on to the journey and the character started telling me what was going to happen mm. and i'd be like i did not know that <laughs> um it's such a beautiful experience and it's so it's play it's play it's just been really hard to get there but it is it's just it's the fucking best you make these imaginary worlds and and you know um and and they tell you stories that heal you yeah you know, fuck, I'm gonna cry. Okay, okay. Our last question, too, because that was so. beautiful. Let's, yes. beautiful. Our last question is if you could be remembered for one scene you wrote, what would it be? Oh, fudge. I don't know. I'm not gonna or curse. What's the favorite? Yeah, you could curse away. Uh, know. You know, what's your favorite scene that you've written? Oh, God. Um, I mean, there's, there's so many y'all. Um, no, but like, um, just meaning like, I've been so fortunate, you know, to have had so many, um, you know, to have written so many scenes, you know, um, but, you know, I, the show Dietland, you know, was, was this like, howl, you know, of, of, anger and frustration and, and love and, um, and Joy Nash, you know, it's on Hulu y'all. If you, if you feel like, you know, really engaging in something weird. Um, Our audience loves that show, by the way, we had a ton of fans specifically want to make sure they asked about it. So I'm glad you're sharing. Oh, about it. Yeah. Oh, good. Because it is, um, you know, we, we, like we pulled an amazing review, like a second look from Emily Nussbaum um, in the New Yorker, like the day we were canceled. <laughs> It was just like, you know, and she got that it was messy in parts, but that, um, so, I mean, I, I kind of want to say like, um, you know, just writing Joy Nash, there's a scene early on where, you know, she's just talking to, she's sort of talking to, she's writing her, um, 
on her computer. And there's this moment where she just sort of hits a, a crescendo of what she's saying. And she just looks up from the computer and like makes direct eye contact, like breaks that fourth wall. And, um, you know, I, I, that's a favorite just because I fell in love with Plum, that character. And, and then I fell in love with the actress and I want her to be in everything I ever do ever. <laughs> I love that. Thank you, Marty, so much. Thank you for showing up and being so authentic and give. Hey, everyone. So the new version of Final Draft, Final Draft 13, is out. And, you know, the question's going around. Is it worth it? Is it worth it to buy or upgrade? And our answer is yes. So I recently got notes on a pilot, and I want to see how it works in my rewrite to move a couple of scenes. And usually what I do is, you know, cut and paste. Uh, which works out sometimes, but mostly it means I lose text because I move so quickly. But the new version of Final Draft has this cool feature called Navigator 2.0, where you can actually just move scenes around right in your script. So without losing something, I can see what's working, what I'm missing, or what needs to be rewritten, or you know if I have to lose the scene altogether. But it's really, really helpful. And what's most important to me about this is that I'm not losing anything. Woohoo! Yes. I am laying out a new project, and I want to card it. And I can now do that inside of Final Draft, and it's now a super easy way. You can take those cards and then make them into an outline with a simple drag and drop. So it's just a great way to see the larger story that you're writing and get down the details, track characters. I just love it. And for our emerging writers, a great new feature is Final Draft lets you set writing goals like page count or timed writing sprints, which is super cool. So uh, we think the new version is really worth uh, investing in. So you can head over to finaldraft.com slash products to get the new version with a discount code of ScreenFD for 25% off. You should check it out. That's ScreenFD. S-C-R-E-E-N-F-D. What pisses you off about this business? The fact that you need to check in with people so much. <laughs> what do you mean? Wait, you cannot leave it there. What do you mean? <laughs> Everything. You got to bug people to see if they read the script, if they're going to buy it or not. You've got to check in on writers to make sure that they're not losing their mind over the outline that is killing them. Or you got to check in on a writer so that they know that you're the right producer for it instead of going into somebody else because you didn't check in enough. It's just like checking in all over the place, always, you know, it's I have to check true. in with my partner. Did you read that? I read it. I love it, but I need you to love it too. We can't get back to him until you've read it. Like I'm checking in with everybody all the time. Constant. <laughs> oh my God. I love that. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Go ahead, Jeff. You ask the next one. Uh, I'd love to ask you, Sheila, what gives you the most joy about this business? Oh, for sure. I mean, this is a room of, of mentors and teachers by a thousand. Like I, I became a far, far, far better producer working with the next generation by far. I did realize I did explain stuff. I did explain it 15 different ways, not because they were dumb because their brains just work differently. So the more I figured out how to connect with all these different types of artists only helped me go back to my office and do better at my job. So I love the mentoring part. So good. Okay. Last one is if you could be remembered for one scene in a movie that you helped create, which would it be? Um, we made a really sweet little Australian family movie that um, featured a uh, grandma who had passed away. And there's a moment where the husband, who's the grandpa, and the granddaughter are sleeping out under the stars and they talk about seeing grandma up in the stars. 
and I love it still. So what, tell us the name of the movie because everybody, oh, I, I called, love this. It's called uh, Ball and you can find it on every streaming ever. And at one point, the grandpa character says, I miss you madly. Uh, so go watch Oddball. Aww. It's a really adorable, yeah. amazing film that Sheila made in Australia. That we made breaking yeah. every rule of film school ever. You're never supposed to do. We shot it at night during the winter time outdoors with multiple animal breeds and children Yay. and it was still a hit <laughs> and it was still a hit Woo! it was amazing <laughs> very sweet yeah Sheila thank you so much for being here and it's been an amazing amazing time <laughs> what pisses me off about writing um when you write an entire script and you know there's some foundational premise of it that's wrong, but you try to get away with it and then you give it to your friend and they go, dude, there's a foundational thing wrong with this. And you go like, oh, just give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've written so much in that kind of delusional state of no, this, this, no, it's not a problem that I have a monstrous carbuncle in the middle of my forehead. That's fine. It's going to be fine. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, the problem here is the character's got to have a monstrous carbuncle in the middle of my forehead. Okay, I guess I got to go burn it off and go through that pain. You know, that's awesome. <laughs> and then the follow up to that is what brings you the most joy about writing? All of it. I, I love right. I don't look, I don't have hobbies. I'm not I'm not a functioning person. You know, um, I, I don't have hobbies. I don't have I, I like going to the movies. I like watching television. I like and my hobby is writing long memoir essays. Everything, everything that, that you know, obviously my children and my wife are the most important thing in my life. But, you know, my relationship with my daughter um, is mediated, you know, by her love of the Avengers, you know, that's where we bond. I mean, it's like, so honestly, like, I love writing. I love sitting down at the keyboard and, and, and banging it out, even when it's really frustrating. It's just, it's what I do. And I'll, I'll do you know what ascemic writing is? I don't think yeah. I do, no. It's, it's, it's a kind of art that's gotten a lot of traction recently where you're literally, you literally create a, a, a letters and, 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 and they don't mean anything, but you're organizing them like writing on the page. So you create... And, and it's, it's it, I mean, I love the work that a lot of people are doing. And I literally developed like an alien language. And I spent most of the time I was, I doodle while I, I have this scorching case of attention deficit disorder. So like I need to doodle while, while I'm in a writer's room so that I can actually be present. And for most of the Dark Crystal, Blood and Treasure and Cowboy Bebop, I must have drawn about 500 note cards of this, of this alien language, okay? Because even while I'm in a room writing, the way that I love the scratch of ink on paper so much that I'm writing fake words in a fake language on a page wow amazing wow. don't be like me have relationships no my sex god and smoke okay, drugs so and, and have a real life guys it's, you don't want to you know all right so our last question is yeah. if you could be remembered for any scene what would it be um in the middleman pilot uh the premise of it is that super intelligent gorillas have escaped from a lab and have decided to earn their keep in the world by taking over the local mafia. And there's a scene where there is a silverback gorilla uh, in a strip club. Uh, <laughs> and, he, and he's running his mob empire. And um, I got to do that on television. <laughs> <laughs> like a silverback gorilla in a tracksuit, a Tony Soprano tracksuit, right? In a Tony Soprano strip club, like running, like and, and running his his mafia business before, you know, it's either that or it's in episode seven of the Dark Crystal. Um, we had to do an exposition dump 
where we had to explain the entire mythology of the dark crystal to the characters in the show. And it, it is the most bananas convo. Like I couldn't begin to explain it to you. It's like, you know, it's like there was this planet called Thra. There was a crystal in the middle of it. The crystal spawned this woman named Agra, who was sort of like a weird imp with a third eye. And the crystal was also her heart. And then the planet was invaded by another species called the Erskex. And then the Erskex took control of the crystal and trying to purify themselves, they split into two beings. While How do you remember this- it all? <laughs> it's, it's insane. You, ca- you can't explain it. Okay. So, um, and I had this idea to have the puppets do a puppet show explaining the mythology. And again, I am proud of this to the point of like being insufferable, but like they made it, they shot it. We got it past all the goalies and they made this thing. And I remember just going like, oh my God, like, look, I'm sure I've written, I don't know, but this was just like, I'm like, I'm the guy who did the puppet show in the puppet show. Oh my God. You're <laughs> so on. delighted. I love it. You're so delighted. You're so delighted. Amazing. Dark Crystal. So it was like going to work on that show was like eating candy every day. It oh. was just the best thing ever. You're, you know, like, look, this is, this is what everybody listening to this podcast wants. This is when you're going to know it. You know, I went into a room and the Jim Henson archives had given us a frame picture of Jim Henson Frank Oz and Gary Kurtz. Gary Kurtz produced this little independent film called Star Wars, um, looking at a puppet. And it was just sort of a picture of the three of them at work, right? And I, and, I would, and I had seen that picture in Starlog magazine when I was 13 years old, okay? And I went to work at the Jim Henson Studios in a room that had that photo. And then when the making of book for The Dark Crystal came out, I, you know, my daughter was really into the, she can't watch the show because it's nightmare fuel, but, um, she's really into it. And I, she knows the names of all the mystics and the Skeksis and everything. And she reads the storybooks and all that. And I opened the making of the dark crystal age of resistance book to a page that has a photo of me on the set. And I realized, and she went, daddy, I'm like, I'm like, who's this? She's like, that's the collector. And I'm like, who's that? That's, that's Jen. That's Rianne. That's blah, blah, blah. And then I opened the page and I'm like, who's that? And she goes, daddy. And I'm like, I got to literally walk in the footsteps of these wizards that I worshiped when I was a kid. And my photo is in one of these making of books. And, you know, I mean, that's, that's it. That's, you know, like you can be rich, you can be famous, you can be whatever, but it's like, this is, this is the reason, you know, it's, it's, I helped further Jim Henson's legacy. My God, you know, Um, it was, it was, it was so wonderful. Yeah. Beautiful. (laughs) I mean, that's the, yeah. Thank you so much for being here. Right. Thank um, you guys. And uh, I, ho- I, hope, uh, I hope I will at some point meet you both in person. Yes, I hope <laughs> so. All three of you. <laughs> so. Check out uh, Javi on, online. You can find him on Twitter under his uh, handle. Ready? It's, At OKBJGM. Yes. Did I get yes. that right? I'll say it again okay, because BJGM. everybody's listening and they're in, they're walking their dog and listening. At OKBJGM. He also has a link in his bio there to some incredibly helpful writing resources. Really, just, just Google him, guys. He writes amazing writing essays. Thank you. And, uh, thanks. Everyone. Oh, 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 oh. And yeah. the other thing I want to say, I'm sorry. Also in that page, um, I have a page where I have PDFs of pretty much every pilot I've ever written, samples of lost scripts, feature scripts I've written that didn't sell, Bibles, pitches, like the entire history of my development, how I've developed and all of that. And I'm not putting it up there so that you can do it like me, you can do it any way you want, but it's just so that you can see how, I found out most people don't pitch until they pitch. So I'm trying to to, to get resources out there. So if if you need models for some of this stuff, I, I put it out there. Amazing resource. I'm going there as soon as we're done with this. (laughs) Michael, what is your favorite thing about writing? Um, 
it's you know what it's 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 really just getting that first idea right there's an exhilaration to going i feel like uh, why do we write is because we're not seeing the movie that we want to see up on the screen right and i think that i've gotten to a point where i can diagnose myself when i have a good idea coming because i get super depressed right i'm just like everything sucks every movie sucks i suck like everything sucks and then, and, but what your brain is doing is making you focus on the thing that's going to be the escape hatch to that kind of depression, right? And when you get your idea, you go, oh my God, it's going to be the greatest fucking thing in the world, right? And just those moments, right, of, of having, getting ideas or coming together, it's just exhilarating. I, I remember, and Meg, you've had this experience and, and Lorian too, like sitting in those brain trust meetings at Pixar, it's just more fun, you know, than humans should be allowed to have because, you're just in a room with super fucking smart people and the ideas are just coming out so quickly. I, my joke is that you're in the presence of like this super intelligent story God because like the organic intelligence in that room is smarter than any one person mm. in the room. And you, you just feel like you're there with this story oracle. It's, it's like, you know, like everyone's voice is chipping in and half an idea becomes a full idea, but it's, I, it's just so much fun. So to me, that's, you know, the best part is the doing when it's going well, right? It's the surfing when you catch the wave. That's the fun part. The flocking around in the surf and getting caught inside and getting buried by the white water is no fun, but you've got to do that to get to the point where you're, you know, gliding down a wave, a, a nice glassy wave. I think that's Which probably a perfect- Which is fun about uh, the TV rooms, right? Yeah, is that yeah. it's that sort of in a mini way, you know, that it's all this energy and sort of unearthing things and shouting at ideas. And it's so fun and just feels like we're all so smart, you know, but it's, <laughs> but we're more than we're the, the collection. Yeah, right. Probably. We're we're a collective, which is so exciting. So it's exhausting and exhilarating at the same time. And it's fun. What's great in a room is that when you get the right idea, everyone knows it, right? Like mm. it's you just feel it. I remember when on Toy Story Three, the idea of Spanish Buzz came up, and the whole room just sort of erupted with like everyone, all the animators could see exactly where this was going, <laughs> and and so you go like, oh, that's it, like Spanish Buzz. But those are great moments. Like there, there was nothing before and now there's something, right? And it, it, there's sort of this miracle of the creative process, you know? And so that's the thing that, that's really, you know, you, you took something you, it, where there was nothing, a blank page and you created something. And then the other, the other thing is just communicating something. I remember when I was writing Little Miss Sunshine, I was like, if I could communicate this feeling in any other way, I would do it in some other way, but I can't because the only way that I can communicate these feelings and this idea is to write motherfucking Little Miss Sunshine. And to get that out and then to have people respond to it, that's very gratifying also. But to me, that's sort of secondary, just to the thrill of, of you know, going, oh, all the music's gonna come on and all it's gonna start dancing, it's gonna be great. All right, the second question. Jeff, do you wanna ask the second question? Sure, I mean, you may have kind of answered it with the floundering around in the waves uh, between waves when you're surfing, but what uh, pisses you off about writing? <laughs> Let me go on a, I'm going to go on a mini rant about page count because I feel like uh, 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 the obsession with page, I feel like half my life as a screenwriter is, is fighting page count. And, and, and I think that it's an, it's an extremely imprecise measure of the length of a, of, of a movie. And I feel like it's gone beyond being stupid. It's actually pernicious and destructive. So for example, Little Miss Sunshine, 118 page screenplay end up being a 103 minute movie. Like if I had a bad producer, they'd be like, okay, you got 118 page screenplay. We want to get it down to 103 minutes. You need to cut 15 pages out of that screenplay, which is just a naive reading of like the relationship between uh, script time and screen time, right? An even more extreme example is 
Toy Story 3 is 130 pages uh, screenplay and it's a 93 minute movie, right? So thank God I, we, I had a bunch of producers and we were making a set of reels where no one's gonna come and go 130 pages, you can't do this, right? Because, so the thing, uh, I'm answering your question. The thing that drives me berserk with rage is getting told that, that pages equal minutes, you know, when I think it's very imprecise and especially if you have a dialogue heavy script like Who's Go Friday, for example, you're gonna end up with a 180 page screenplay for like a hundred minute movie. And then the other thing, the bigger sort of thing, the thing that's frustrating about screenwriting is, is that you feel like you performed a miracle. There was nothing there and now there's something, right? And you finish your first draft and the bottle is half full and you go, look, there was nothing and now there's something. Everyone goes, yeah, but you're still missing half. So then you fill a bottle up 90% and you go, look, I filled it up 90%. And everyone goes, yeah, but you're still missing that 10%. And then you fill it up 99.9%. It's like almost fucking full. There was nothing and now there's something. And you show it to people and all they're gonna say is, yeah, but you're still missing that little one-tenth of 1%. One and so you just have to accept that. That's the way, that's the way it is. That's the way people's uh, uh, brains work. But no one's going to pat you on the back and go, oh my God, it's a miracle. There's nothing before now. There's something. They're just going to sit there and point out like what's not working in your story. So true. So oh true. Gosh. And what you want to say, and I've just been getting notes lately, and I learned from Megan Lorian that every writer, the first thing they think is fuck you when you get yeah, notes, probably, probably. which was the greatest gift I got. But like, you just want to say like, well, then you fucking write it. You know, it's like you write the <laughs> script. It's so hard. It is so hard. And they come to you and they start, it's like, well, then you write 120 pages of perfectly crafted dialogue and stories. Your turn, go. <laughs> that's what oh I want to say. That's so funny. But instead I say, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, our last question is, um, what scene that you wrote would you love to be remembered for? Um, I, I think it's just the, the scene on the on the pier with uh, between Dwayne and Frank and Little Miss Sunshine because it's so personal to me. Like I remember being in high school and thinking I wish I could just go to sleep until I was 18, you know, and just skip all this crap, high school and everything. And I mean, that was really, <clears throat> just came out of direct personal experience. And then the answer that Frank gives, right, which is, the best years of life are sometimes the wasted years, right? And the, the years that you suffer are the years that make you into who you are. I feel like that's, that's you know, it took it takes a while to figure that kind of thing out. So, and I think that Steve does such a great job with it. Paul does such, such a great job with it. The way John Abel staged it is really lovely, very simple. And so I think that that, you know, and, and then it ends up with uh, Paul Dano saying, fuck beauty contest, which is what that, that whole movie is about. So it would be that. That's the right answer, by the way. So I was so hoping you would say that. I wrote, I did my best. I wrote Michael a somewhat unprofessional email before. And I was like, before we get on air, I just have to get it out now. Little Miss Sunshine's the best movie ever. It's the reason I'm a writer. And that scene makes me laugh and cry at the same time, which is the best way to feel stuff. And thank you for writing it. So, oh, well, thank you. Thank yeah. you. I, it's not surprising that it's the most personal to yeah. you. That yeah, no, where totally. your lava was and where you were being brave. That's what we talk about all the time. Michael, thank you so much for being oh, here. Um, I, we might have to have you back sometime because uh, I love it. it was too fun and too good. And I just, I'm sure we have more questions, but um, what what a gift you are. Thank you thank so you. much. Can thank I, so am I allowed to mention my website? Um, yes, please yeah. do, please. Um, so uh, I just have a website, which is www.pandemoniuminc.com um, where I put a couple of videos about screenwriting uh and we will also put that on our facebook page so everybody okay. can link in and in Keep the description of this episode too if you just click down yeah. there 
People have told me that's helpful. So there's one video that's me going on and on and on about how to write a good ending. There's me going on and on and on about writing Toy Story 3. And then there's a couple of uh, smaller videos about, um, uh, about screenwriting. Sounds great. And, and there's so many good things about writing Toy Story 3, but my personal favorite is the cartoon of you strangling Anderson. <laughs> oh my God, that was gold. That was gold. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so smart. It's a good example of, of, of like having sort of a, a wild idea that you think you're just going to throw away and go like, and go, no, no, like that's the thing that people are going to respond to is like <laughs> a little cartoon of me strangling Andrew, right? And so what seems to be a throwaway thing, right? Or it seems to be, it's, it's not the most professional thing, but you go, that's the most human thing. That's the thing people are going to respond mm -hmm. to. So that's the okay. stuff that you got to keep in your writing. Yeah. Well, totally. thank you so much for your time and God, all your you. amazing brain exploding thoughts and for sharing with us. You know what? Let me say, I, I feel like just you guys, thank you guys for, for doing just your podcast, right? Because it there's, you, you, you guys, A, focus on your frustrations in, in daily life, but also you really do talk about craft, you know? And it's just a thing that I feel like gets devalued or people, people just don't even talk about uh, enough. And it got me thinking, it got me all inspired and excited and going back and and, and looking at, you know, like looking at Close Encounters again, look, going back and looking at Robin Hood again. And I'll, I'll say, I'm like in such a good mood these days because looking at Amelie again, looking at these films, I was like, we lived in an age of miracle and wonders. Like, I'm so glad I'm part of this profession or this tribe that's telling these stories. And, and like, we have this abundance of miracles around us in the forms of stories that I would never think of. Uh, Tootsie, I would never think of Amelie, like I would never think of Close Encounters, but those things are so perfectly made and so beautifully done. And it just makes you go like, it just, it's a privilege just to be like in the ballpark, you know, with those other movies and trying to do the same thing. So I feel like it's easy to get frustrated with your own writing, with everyone else's writing and, and just like, you know, curse the darkness instead of lighting a candle. But there are tons of candles out there already mm. and you just have to like go, go look at them. What brings you the most joy about writing? Oh, you know, I really have so much joy in writing. I guess um, maybe first drafts where I'm just not even paying attention to what I'm doing really and just sort of listening and seeing what it is. But I, I've always been a person who enjoyed writing. I hear some people say like, I don't enjoy writing, but I like having written. Or I hear people say, I hate writing, but I'm a writer. Um, but I really, really enjoy it. Sometimes I get really caught up. And especially now that I have a child, I wouldn't say it feels like a day at the spa, but it certainly feels like freedom to me to be writing. That's great. Jeff, do you want to ask the next one? Sure. Vanessa, what pisses you off about writing? Uh, well, um, you know, I mean, I don't know if pisses up. I when yes, bad notes are horrible and they make you insane. Um, but to me, it's more like when you have some plot problem that's just not even solvable and it's wrecking your whole thing, and now you got to try and pull the whole thing apart, and ugh, it's just tiring. Um, and I really don't like it when there's sometimes a process in Hollywood. I think where nobody wants to tell a difficult person they're difficult or set a boundary. And so what ends up happening is the writer has to do this person's bidding 
and then someone else is going to come along and correct it. So what it just means is many iterations for you. You're being used to kind of placate someone. But it's exhausting in a way that I, I don't ever enjoy. Mm, that's insightful. Um, last question is, what scene that you've written would you like to be remembered for? Oh, my goodness. <sighs> um... You know, I don't know if I have a specific example. My first spec um, or whatever, my spec that got made, um, Hope Springs, is just an almost complete representation of who I am. That question about are, are you the characters, are the characters you? As I said, in general, no. But in this movie, yes, I'm every character. I am in every scene. Like it felt so true to me. And it also felt like it knew itself so well. I barely ever had to change anything in it. It just was like, here's the story. Um, and the director at the time had asked me to add a bunch of things and I added them all and they all got cut. And later he was like, we didn't need those. And I was like, I know, like I just, <laughs> I, and so it was, I had such a pride, not even so much like it got made or whatever, but you know, the distance between what you're imagining and what's on the page, there's always a distance. Sometimes it's big, sometimes it's small, but you never manage to get every single thing right on the page that you imagined. And this was the closest I ever got. Thanks for tuning in to the Screenwriting Life. We love our community and we want to get to know you even better. Join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash thescreenwritinglife or email us at thescreenwritinglife at gmail.com to have your question considered for the show. You can also suggest topics by emailing us there. Also, we'd love for you to drop us a review on Apple Podcasts. Even if we don't read your review on air, trust me, we have read it, and not only does it mean the world to us, but it helps other people find the show. We've always been driven by mission and mentorship, and reviewing our show helps expand that mission. And of course, until next Sunday, happy writing.